This is The Guardian. I'm Jane Lee, coming to you from Wurundjeri land, and this is The Full Story. A firebomb attack on a tobacconist in Melbourne's west is triggering fears. Second shop in Melbourne's north has been torched in as many days. An Oakley store firebombed for the second time in a fortnight. A Glenroy tobacconist, the 27th store to take a hit. 27 tobacco stores have been set on fire across Victoria in the last seven months. Investigating police have discovered that organised crime syndicates are involved in many of these attacks and that they're out for extortion or revenge. So how has the underworld infiltrated the tobacco industry? And why are store owners being threatened to earn or burn? Today, how firebombs are exposing Australia's illegal tobacco trade. It's Thursday, the 26th of October. dust coming from still finding debris after vacuuming ufi x10 pro omni robot vacuum has 8,000 pa of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets and it's totally hands-free want to know more go to eufy.com that's eufy.com and discover x10 pro omni the best in class all-in-one robot vacuum for only 799 dollars finding your perfect home was hard but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com ACAST. So, Nino, there have been a number of tobacco stores that have been firebombed and illicit drugs being seized from them and people being arrested there. What is going on with these tobacco stores? So we probably have to go back to March, which is when the first of these firebombings occurred. Nino Bucci is the Justice and Courts reporter for Guardian Australia. Typically what we're kind of seeing when CCTV of these offences is released not just in Victoria, but in some cases nationally, we're seeing fairly unsophisticated attempts to burn down a shop. It's believed the arsonist reversed into the building, ramming it twice. Then they pulled accelerant, lit two matches and fled down West Street. You'll see people sort of forcing their way inside and then pulling in something that could be as obtuse as like a basket of clothes to then they throw those around, they slosh around all sorts of flammable liquid and then set it ablaze. You know, we've even seen sometimes them accidentally set themselves alight. In Mooney Ponds, hit twice on both occasions, those responsible pried open the roller door. The second time, he sets himself on fire before fleeing. But there is a kind of element of sophistication as well in much the same way as we see a lot of organised underworld hits happening now, there's getaway cars that are stolen vehicles that are then driven to other getaway cars that are stolen vehicles and both of those are then burn out to kind of remove any trace of the offender from 
the crime. So Victoria Police have been trying to kind of piece together the state of the industry and these tobacco shops that are kind of popping up everywhere. And one of the things I sort of realised fairly early on was we don't actually know where any of these are. There's no scheme or register or, you know, common sort of licensing measure that means we've kind of got a list of, of where to find all these stores. So that was one of the first things I did was have to actually go back and, and put together a bit of, I guess, a database. And they found there's more than 800 of them. And as, you know, Detective Superintendent Jason Kelly, one of the leading police officers investigating this, told reporters this week... A large portion of the tobacco uh, industry has been infiltrated by serious and organised crime. And so what they're finding is happening is that as these stores keep popping up, you're getting some of these criminal syndicates coming in and saying to the operators of those stores this really quite catchy little phrase that I came across in my reporting, which is earn or burn. You take our illegal tobacco and you earn money from my syndicate or else we're going to burn your shop down. And not every single incident back to March is linked to that specific, I guess, extortion or standover tactic. We've also seen some firebombings that have occurred as a result of conflicts between different syndicates and that sort of thing. But certainly there's this pattern they're having their stores firebombed. Hmm. Well, what else do we know about these crime syndicates that are involved in the illegal tobacco market? I guess to get a sense of the type of people that are involved in this illegal tobacco trade. There's been two fairly prominent execution-style shootings in Victoria in recent months of figures that were apparently really prominent in this industry. Now, since that point, the homicide squads have actually ruled out the fact that it was the illegal tobacco itself that was a motive for the murders, but these were both really senior underworld figures who had an interest in these illegal tobacco stores. So police believe the syndicates are fairly commonly comprised of other people we see in organised crime, you know, outlaw, motorcycle gangs. They've again used the phrase, you know, Middle Eastern organised crime syndicates. They're typically made up of people that are involved in other forms of organised crime and police are increasingly, I guess, trying to make the linkage between you know, members of the public going into stores like this and buying cigarettes that they know are illegal and the profits from that being used to actually fund other types of crime and that being something they're really trying to get across that, hey, this isn't just a corner shop that's doing you a good deal. Mm. This is actually part of a broader organised crime network that's funding a lot of other misery like sex trafficking, drug trafficking, you know, other extortion and I guess in some cases potentially, you know, underworld shootings and, and murders. Victoria Police also raided 33 tobacco shops this week alone. What kinds of things did they seize? Yeah, so they seized, you know, almost 37,000 e-cigarettes or vapes that are worth about a million dollars, more than half a million cigarettes that are worth about $400,000, you know, cannabis, other loose tobacco, a little bit of cocaine, and they've arrested six people, one of whom was charged with drug offences. So... If illegal cigarettes are at the heart of all of this, what do you think is driving the demand for this market? There's no doubt that one of the factors that is driving people to purchasing illegal cigarettes are some of the really effective health policies we've put in place that have increased their prices, introduced plain packaging and warnings on packaging and 
unfortunately, that's kind of led to a thriving black market. It's meant the price of those legal cigarettes have got so high that people are perhaps more willing to entertain a cheaper option, an option that's you know more than 50% cheaper in some cases. So that's a really difficult starting point because it's, it's actually trying to stop a market that you already know is there and that have, for whatever reason, moved away from purchasing things legally to purchasing things illegally. Mm. So how big is the black market for these products? Yeah, well, it's enormous. I mean, if you kind of think back to any sort of the debates we've had about the power of the tobacco industry, effectively what this is, is carving out a portion of that for themselves. So, you know, tens of millions of dollars, that's what it's worth. There's, you know, the raids on those businesses this week that Victoria Police did. It's a huge amount of money. You know, you talk about the Australian Border Force, they're the ones that are, you know, charged with actually stopping this stuff before it comes into the country. And they're sort of saying since July this year, they've already seized 350 million cigarettes, which is insane when you sort of think that each one of those is worth, through one of these stores, we've been told they're selling for about half the price of what a legal packet of cigarettes were. So let's say each one of those is worth 50 cents retail. You know, that's hundreds of millions of dollars just in the past three months that the ABF have seized. And they say that in the last financial year, that figure is close to 1.7 billion cigarettes. You know, and that's on top of, you know, loose leaf tobacco, they're also seizing and all the rest of it. So we're talking in the hundreds of millions of dollars potentially that these syndicates can earn through these stores. Next, how can authorities bring down the illegal tobacco trade? (laughs) Too tired to clean your floors after playtime? Forgot to vacuum before your friends bring their little ones over? Let Eufy X10 Pro Omni help. Powerful 8,000 PA suction removes debris and MopMaster dual mop pads scrub away stubborn stains with ease. Save time and keep your floors cleaner. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com ACAST. It's kind of strange thinking about such serious types of crime being linked to sort of your unassuming humble corner tobacco store. Why do you think tobacco stores of all places are being targeted for this kind of organised crime? Kind of like anything that organised crime targets, there's a little hole that can be exposed to make a huge amount of money. And when we're talking about tobacco stores, that little hole kind of exists because you've got this sort of thicket of regulations from local government to state government to federal government that are overlapping but not overlapping so much that there's no gaps between them. So, you know, effectively in Victoria, and it varies from state to state, but effectively right now in Victoria, 
you can go on up and open one of these stores without applying for any sort of registration or license to sell tobacco. You know, sure, you've got to have a, an ABN or whatever that has to be registered to somebody, but anybody can open a shop up anywhere right now and start selling tobacco in this state. So what that means, obviously, is there's very little threshold that an organised crime syndicate has to clear, A, if they want to operate one of those businesses themselves and B, if they want to stand over one of the owners of one of those businesses. So, I mean, you couple that with some of these other factors that I guess are probably more opportunistic in nature, such as the downturn in retail that we've seen during the pandemic, which means there's a lot of shop fronts that are just kind of sitting there empty anyway. And you've sort of got a little bit of a perfect storm there. Now, the other thing that obviously they need to do is find product to put in there but that's what these syndicates do anyway. They've never really had a, an issue with bringing it in. The problem that typically organised crime syndicates have, have got is how to make money off it once it's here. And this is perfect for that. You know, there's a veneer of legitimacy. There's so many of them, you know, more than 800 that it's kind of a bit of a whack-a-mole game for law enforcement. And then you do have that kind of overlapping responsibility, which means that stuff can fall through the gap. So, you know, you may have to comply with the council bylaw to only sell products at a certain time, then you'll have like a state police force like Victoria Police that's supposed to be enforcing this, but then you'll have the federal bodies, you know, even the Therapeutic Goods Administration were involved in some of these raids last week and the ATO because they've got a dog in this fight to try and claim back uh, revenue from cigarettes or cigarettes excise and, and to also make sure that, you know, vapes aren't being sold that are illegal. So you've got all these sort of factors that are combining to provide, you know, organised crime groups with a really good opportunity. Given how broad some of these syndicates can be, is this just a problem in Victoria that we're talking about? No, so Jason Kelly, the senior police officer I mentioned before, he said... We are um, seeing similar issues in Queensland. And we have sort of seen some public reporting on arson attacks around the southeast of that state. And uh, previously, I believe, Western Australia have had similar issues. So there's definitely been instances of this happening other places. Detective Superintendent Jason Kelly wouldn't sort of be drawn on whether he thought the problem was worse in Victoria than in other states and why that might be. Mm. But my information is that they are trying to get the Victorian government to make this state harder for illegal tobacco shops to operate. And that part of the rationale for that is that in states where there is a stronger regulatory framework around these type of businesses, there's not the same level of fire bombings and organised crime-related violence as we're seeing in Victoria right now. And so we already knew that vapes were being sold illegally at tobacco stores and that that's a big problem around the country. Now we're seeing multiple firebombing attacks that have been going since March. Why do you think this is only being identified as a problem now? It's a really interesting one and I think, again, that sort of thicket of multiple levels of government all sort of having a dog in the fight also kind of means that they can dodge responsibility. I mean, speaking to kind of senior detectives down here in Victoria in the past, you know, none of them wanted to be going out chasing illegal tobacco. And similarly, you know, you speak to people in federal law enforcement and they feel that that's also been something that they're not particularly interested in. So I think what's happened is this has kind of crept up on people and they've now realised that just like 
cocaine trafficking, just like drive-by shootings, just like other extortion, just like sex trafficking and underworld murders. You can't kind of separate what's going on with illegal tobacco stores from other forms of illegality and serious crime. And so that might lead to some reform and it might lead to a bit of an understanding that we need to throw more resources at this and it can't just be something that sort of comes a long way down the list of priorities for state police forces and federal authorities in terms of what they're going to look at. And, I mean, you'll look at some of the comments that were made in federal parliament this week. Lou O'Brien, who's a federal MP for a part of southeast Queensland where there's actually been some firebombing attacks at tobacconists, he basically moved a, a private motion calling for, for more to be done, I guess, essentially, to sort of stop the flow of illicit tobacco in a federal sense, you know, and obviously the federal responsibilities are different to the, the responsibilities that state police forces have, for example. Every time you buy illegal cigarettes, you're supporting organised crime. He basically said, you know, illicit tobacco is often the cash flow arm for sophisticated criminal syndicates dealing in the worst of the black market. Including human trafficking, sex slavery and drugs. So he's coming out really hard and basically saying that we don't get on top of this, we're going to see more of the other stuff that people consider a higher priority happening far more frequently. And his motion effectively said, look, we need harsher penalties for people who are doing this stuff and we need more resources for this illicit tobacco task force that operates at a federal level to try and stop this stuff actually coming into the country. Interestingly, he's a former police officer and we also had some MPs who are doctors and from other parties, other political parties, you know, kind of backing up what he's saying. And Dr. Michelle Anandaraja, the member for Higgins down in Melbourne, um, you know, she was basically saying... Um, with respect to the illicit trade of tobacco, this is a significant problem and it is underpinned by sophisticated criminal syndicates. And Dan Repicholi, the Labor member for Hunter, kind of also chimed in. These criminal networks are resorting to increasingly violent tactics such as arson, threats and assault to dominate the illicit tra uh, tobacco market and safeguard their profits in this country. They're really clearly linking illicit tobacco to the worst of the worst when it comes to crime. Well, in Victoria, Task Force Luna has been established by the Victorian police to deal with illicit tobacco. What is it doing about this problem at the moment? Yeah, I mean, to start with, it basically had to get a bit of a scale of the problem. As I mentioned, they drew up a list of more than 800 tobacco shops they kind of had in the state and are now starting to kind of use resources from other parts of the force, including the gang crime squad and the arson explosive squad and criminal proceeds and financial crime to to start tightening the reins a little bit on, on this problem that had kind of been going out of control. They're also sort of working with police in various areas. We've had some firebombing attacks in, in regional Victoria. This isn't just kind of suburban tobacco shops that are being targeted and also with federal agencies. So you know, the idea is that you've kind of got to have at least two strands going here. You've you've got to sort of have the the boots on the ground that are actually going in and, you know, raiding the shops that are selling things illegally, but you also need people, you know, I guess in the back room sort of working out 
who's supplying the illicit tobacco, who's behind the fire bombings, where's all the money going effectively. And they're starting to see a few results there. We have seen some arrests in relation to specific offences committed at illicit tobacco shops. So we are seeing a sort of trickle of, of arrests here. But yeah, there's definitely no sense that they're on top of the problem yet. Mm. Well, as you've mentioned, Nino, there are so many different layers of government that are responsible who are trying to prevent this from happening. What are some of the ways you think they could tackle this problem better? It's clear that what's going to happen is that every state is going to have a look at its own laws. So we mentioned Victoria and some concerns police had here with the state of laws in Victoria. The Victorian government say they're taking a close look on this report they've had we don't know how long for because they won't tell us. We don't know why it hasn't been made public anyway, but they started reviewing their laws back in 2021. They might come down with laws that make it much harder, for example, to open a tobacco shop in the state. And at least then that will kind of put the clamp on the extent of the problem. There's not going to be more stores opening up that police have to worry about whether they're going to start selling illegal stuff. At a national level, similar to cigarettes, we're going to have another health measure coming in place in the next year, which is going to ban the importation of vapes without a prescription. And so it's really tricky to know what that'll do to this model. It's possible, I guess, theoretically, that that will, as some of the health measures have regarding cigarettes, that it could actually drive more people to seek out illegal vapes because they don't want to pay the price that they have to pay under new regulations. So every single, I guess, level of government look at different ways they can work to clamp down on it. But Police and politicians this week both really hammered a line that showed what they think needs to happen as well is for consumer behaviour to change. So they basically kept saying, look, if you're going into these stores and buying these illegal products, you're putting money into the pockets of organised criminals. And it's going to be a little bit hard to tell whether that actually changes anybody's behaviour. But I guess the other thing that's worth considering here is just the level of violence that's being connected to this trade. And that is something else that police mentioned this week, that they're so concerned about that, about the fire bombings, about the shootings at houses, about cars being torched in the suburbs after they're involved in these sort of things, that they think it's just a matter of time before somebody who's completely innocent in all this is actually harmed by one of those acts of violence. And so perhaps that's actually the message that will cut through to people a little bit more who go to their shops and buy illegal cigarettes or vapes. That was Nino Bucci. He's the justice and courts reporter for Guardian Australia. And you can find out more about the illegal tobacco trade in his article. It's called Earn or Burn, the firebombings and underworld conflicts exposing Australia's illicit tobacco trade. We'll post a link to that on the Full Story page. That's it for today. This episode was produced by James Milsom, Karishma Luthria and Daniel Simo, who also did the sound design and mixing. Our theme music was by Joe Koning. The executive producer was Hannah Parks. I'm Jane Lee. Catch you next time. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? 
Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.